What's going on, everybody? Before we even get started on today's show, I wanted to let you guys know, you guys know my buddy Jamie Costa. He's one of the most talented people that I know, a very talented actor, but just an overall really good dude, Star Wars fanatic, everything. Um, and Jamie and another guy who's become a close friend of mine is Jake Lewis, who's put me on a lot of his stand-up comedy shows, and he's in, been in, in Big Big Thing show before, uh, singing a few songs, and I'm just a really talented guy. They did a movie, a short film, called The Cowboy and the Samurai. And it is basically a bit about an, an event that happened between John Belushi and uh, Jack Nicholson in 1978. Jamie plays Jack Nicholson. Sandy Danto, who I've known from the Comedy Store, plays John Belushi. And they put this short up. I'm going to put a link in the description. I want you guys to check it out. Jake Lewis is also, the Lewis brothers, him and his brother, another talented guy, are also the, the minds behind the Jamie Costa, Robin Williams short that went viral. And so this is one that they put a lot of time and effort into it. So I hope you take a look. The link is in the description here. So enjoy it. And let's talk about Ant-Man, man. Ant-Man, man. Let's talk about Ant-Man, man. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Thanks for joining us on the episode of The Big Thing. This is a full-on spoiler conversation of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, the 727th film in the MCU. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and we're going to get into it. We did a non-spoiler conversation on this past week's Big Thing, Capes and Cows. Winston and Coy are back for this spoiler-heavy review on the film. It's a very divisive movie so far, man. People have been, you know, it's split, and I don't even know. It might be a, it may be under 51% by the time this comes out. It is the second Rotten Tomatoes excuse me, second Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes score um, in the MCU only under the Eternals. So we'll get into it. We'll dive into it deep. But before we do any of that, I need you guys to show just a little bit of class and subscribe. It doesn't cost you shit to do. Pretty easy. We've got a lot of different things. We've got out of the theater reactions on this channel, long form, short form, everything. And we're almost at 70,000. If you guys are here for the first time, hit that button. Be part of the conversation. Let's get into it. Uh, speaking of getting into it, if you want to go to the Patreon, you can support the show, patreon.com slash the big thing show. Got a lot of exclusive content over there. It helps support the show and you can come on over and we do, uh, Q and A's and a bunch of other things that we'd love to have you over there as well. Apple podcast, Spotify, we're on video on Spotify. You can come over there and you can watch the video. We're in the top charts now. That's been great. Uh, and you can get a, yourself a shirt. You want to get at, you're going to get the, the big thing shirt. You want to get capes and cows, anything special designs and they're on sale at the moment so head on over there all right as i mentioned coy and winston are here so let's do it everybody let's get into the big thing i can't wait to talk about this at depth here we go everybody it's the big thing let's do it what's going on everybody welcome back big thing with me coy winston a marshall back back baby almost almost got the whole thing cleared but not this time today is just a big thing so let's get into it guys we're going to talk about this movie in depth now i think all three of us are kind of the same with me i mentioned i like the sci-fi elements of this show this movie for sure but i understand where it's not going to be for everybody and certainly even more so, I, you and I talked about it, it has like this kind of Eternals feel where people are just not on board with it for sure. But I think to set this up and throw it to you guys on the court and you take it where you want to take it. The It starts off, I love the fact that they got right into the quantum realm. I like that they started off with, with Scott and he's walking around. They had that Ant-Man feel where he's like, 
he, oh, this is what I did in that voiceover where he kind of served the purpose of Luis. I, I did miss the regular crew. I yeah. did. I think that I thought that they would at least appear there or at the end, at least they're not even anywhere near the movie. I, and I would like to see Michael Pena and the guys there. I would have personally preferred to see Michael Pena over the, the Baskin Robbins guy. I mean, it right. was, it was right. a nice callback because the guy, you know, really on him. Uh, and he was funny, but he's not. Yeah. But Michael Pena deserved to come back. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know that T.I. was pulled for some yeah. behavioral drama. But but I I um I did miss them. And, like, even if we had gotten to see them, and I know one of the crew did get to voice a character. Dust motion, yeah. Exactly. I would have loved to have had them just be care. If not them, maybe Scott meets a version of them in the quantum realm are like, oh my God, you guys remind me of some people like right, for real. That right. would have been like a fun little nod. I feel know? like one of the things that makes the Ant-Man franchise unique in the MCU is that they do feel all very cohesive to each other. Like the the first Avenger and Winter Soldier feel very different, very intentionally, but like all three of those films feel different. And this is the first time one director has done a whole trilogy. Like right. Hayden Reed's the first trilogy director in the MCU. So uh, to release, I guess. Yeah, because Guardians not yet. Yeah, and he'll be the second. But like Peyton Reed's the first one to complete his trilogy, so it would have been nice to have those characters who are so formative kind of complete their journey. John Watts. John Watts. John Watts. Sony asterisk, but I'll take it. You're right. Yeah. But Peyton Reed, like I, I feel like that uh, that that uniting force is those characters. So you could have had Luis catch up on what happened in those five years. It would have been really funny to have Luis survive the blip and then have him narrate to Paul Rudd what happened. It would have been fun to have Dust Mulchin maybe do a book reading. Because, like, that guy's Russian accent's delightful. It would have been, any of those things would have worked for me just to tie it all in, but I missed them too. Yeah, it was just, a, so they weren't, they, they weren't, they, this, again, it didn't, it didn't necessarily take away from the movie, but it was just, it, they were, they were really making it seem like this is all this big connected thing. I yeah. mean, even Jimmy Woo was in it, you know? Yeah. So, like, he, and for that quick scene. Cameo, because I don't even it, think he said anything. He no. Just kinda, no, they were what? just, but they were just showing yeah, that yeah, it yeah. all connected. So it was weird. It, it was a little, it was as noticeable to me that they weren't in it yeah. the same way it was very noticeable to me like Stallone wasn't in Creed. Right. Right? So it, it, it was because they just had such a big part in the other ones. And I and I didn't necessarily think that we needed them in it for the, the quantum realm. I think for, for that. But leading, anyway, the point is they start out, you have this whole thing. It's a nice moment. And then it's like, okay, when they have Cassie in jail, I'm like, oh, no. Is they going to just – her personality is so radically different. She was never like this. But, it, but then we see – She's got her father's tendencies, but it was more that she was at a protest, and that's why she got arrested and find herself in trouble. She's not like a, I mean, like a real criminal. You know, she's yeah. got that kind of same type of thing that her Scott, dad. Though. Same same yeah. thing with, with yeah. her dad. The same way that, and then you know the the idea that she's been working with, um, the 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 uh, Pims. Yeah, the whole time that it was cute. Yeah. Where where is it? Where like I, at first I was like, oh, she's like figured out like sleight of hand like her dad with the magic stuff, and it was like. Oh, she shrank a car. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. And I really like the family dynamic stuff a lot. Yeah. Like, that dinner table scene was one of my great. favorite scenes in the movie. I really liked that the, they enhanced and they leaned into, like, I think this is maybe my favorite Michael Douglas performance in a long time. I feel like nobody's talking about how great he, he Michael really Douglas good. is. But, like, the family element really yeah. worked for me in this. And it didn't even start, though, with that, as I as I say, it didn't even start with that scene of Paul Rudd doing his walk down the thing. It started with Michelle Pfeiffer in the quantum realm and... The, the meeting first, and meeting Kang for the, yeah. the first yeah. time and, and popping in. And that was a good, I think, intro. Like I, That's why a lot of the movie in the very beginning, I thought, was like, was very well paced and really moved at a, at a steady speed. And then when they got right into the quantum realm, like I was like, how long is it going to take them before they get there? And it's like, they're in. And like they, Yeah, they're setting the signal out. And we ultimately find out that it was MODOK that was, that was the one who was, who was kind of putting it out there. And 
And and I liked the backstory of Janet of saying Did he get that Modoc was the one that sent the signal out. I didn't. I, yeah, remember yeah, he, remember Modoc said when he when he looked at uh when he looked at Cassie he goes oh, thanks for doing that by the way Cassie. Oh, I guess yeah, I, yeah. I must have missed when, that when, he, when she when they're in the jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Segment. Um, but either way, you know, they go there and and then it sets it up and it was almost it was built out because of that whole realm was built out because of Janet and Kang and the way yeah. that that was I. I like that stuff. That to me was the science fiction stuff that really I thought worked well. The first two acts of this film, and this is spoiler, so I'm just going to say when it changed for me. The first two acts, I was so in, and uh, Greg had seen it before me, and he was like, I don't know what you're going to think, but I want you to go in, and hopefully you got more out of it than I do. And he's right. The third act is it's so messy. It, it's also like it makes the rest of the phase concerning, but they're literally. How the, so? Because Kang got taken out by ants. Like, right, okay, so right. so literally, and I made a whole video about this on my YouTube that you can go, if you want to see my deeper discussion of it, this is just in brief. Three changes elevate this film from a D plus, C minus to an A for me. Three changes, it's three. One, if at the end, the post credit scene, the Kangs go, ah, the exiled one, our weakest, instead of our strongest, then it makes sense that Ant-Man could fight him. You literally make Kang a bigger bad for all of Phase 5, and you eliminate a lot of my problems with Kang being able to be taken out by ants, even for a moment, much less be taken out by Ant-Man and the team. Two, the only Avenger that deals with time that doesn't deal with time travel is Ant-Man. The size relativity of Ant-Man means that his sense of time is different than everybody else's when he's big, when he's small. They didn't even address the fact that I would have Kang not be able to fight Ant-Man and his family because he doesn't know how to deal with time relativity. So use the family element, use them all uniting, use the fact that she doesn't think that he cares enough and actually tie that plot line together with Kang as opposed to having them be at odds for no reason. Kang fighting Ant-Man doesn't make sense unless it's about time relativity, about when he changes size, Kang doesn't know what to do with it. And three Kang never wields time offensively yep. and there's a point where he could have done that like to show his power right, right. and when he's got them in the prison instead of using a weird telekinesis thing why isn't he aging up Cassie and well, aging well, down Paul Rudd or welcoming them by having like I'll reward you with that time back but like isn't, the is, but isn't he not, isn't he not able to do that because he's when he's in the suit he's got his power back she says like now he's got oh, okay. you know so like no, I would no, have no, that no. I, I know but I him losing the core it sounded like he has like his beams his telekinesis but the point was that without that core he didn't have the mastery of time like he normally does because you're right he'll essentially do what cable will do sometimes and almost like body shift right 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 using time to, like so I get that where my problem is, and you're talking about power, uh, we were talking about power scaling in the non-spoiler. The ants, I'll give you that because Michael Douglas set that up. No, 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 they've built this crazy advanced society. Fine, let's let's give you that for half a second. Sure. Right. We watch Kang come out of his palace, pissed off, and he's just like, bam, bam. He is literally incinerating people. Like they disintegrate. It right. seems like they just come apart atoms wise. How is it that then when he shoots Scott one time, Scott doesn't just disintegrate? There's nothing about that suit that has ever been like, there are like energy shields or right. there's something in here that counteracts this thing. And if there is, explain it. Explain right. it. Right. Otherwise, he took a shot to the chest and he was just like, oh man, that kind of hurt. Right. What? And that's why the, the line that Lewin <laughs> right. felt to everything is like the weakest of us, we exiled him for being weak. Like you could have actually made it so like that Kang isn't, and that makes him more intimidating for all of phase five as opposed to now where I'm like, man, Jonathan Major's performance, and I said this in my spoiler free, his performance is Kang, but the writing wasn't Kang. So I kept feeling like I love that Kang is so grandiose, but he earns it. Kang is very verbose in his speech, but like, and Majors was, but like, then by the time he's got minions and he's not fighting his own battles and then yeah, he's not was, doing anything. That was the problem for me. He's hiding. Like, well, because you look at like Kang, right? 
And the thing is, he's supposed to come out, and this is, again, to reiterate what I said on Capes and Cows on Friday, I had mentioned they're setting him up. They need to set him up to be more powerful than Thanos and more intimidating than Thanos. People are like, no, he's not better than Thanos. And I never said that. What I'm telling you is that that's what they were setting up because Thanos, as you mentioned on Friday, I thought really well was that was they gave Thanos the time to breathe to be so menacing, right? And with this is that he he shows up, and it was my concern that I said to you guys that like if he gets kind of taken out easily, and then you had mentioned, which is essentially what happened, um, if he gets taken out easily, you're like, well, there's going to be so many other kings that come back. It's going to be scary. And that is scary, but the problem was, as you mentioned, like Modok started to become more of the eye focus of villain for a little bit. And you're like, you know, and his redemption story and all these things that, that, that Corey Stoll does with Modok, that started to become more interesting. And Kang at some point, you're like, that shouldn't be a thing. No. And I loved what Corey Stoll and Modok yeah. did, but that shouldn't be at the cost of Kang, which it was. Right. And I also felt like Jonathan Majors was delivering such a performance he was. that he had to outact some of the choices they had plot-wise Kang making. And that was really frustrating to see an actor being like, I get this guy. And then the writing be like, we're going to go over here for Deus right. Ex Machina performance. And also it felt like it was Marvel episode 32 instead of Ant-Man. Like it, it felt yes. like it had yes. to serve yeah. phase five, which I get it has to, but it shouldn't feel like it has to. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the science fiction part of it is what I really liked about it. I loved, I loved the feel and like the setup. I agree. I think that the first, the more and more I talk about the movie, the first two acts of the movie really worked for me and set it up. And and I think largely because not only what Jonathan Majors is doing, obviously we everyone's talking about, but it's really what Michelle Pfeiffer is doing. Michelle Pfeiffer and Janet have the biggest arc in the movie because she's been holding this in. Yeah. And she's been holding in the fact that like I'm not telling anybody about this guy. He's staying there. I ain't going down there. He's staying there. And it sucks for them, but I ain't letting him come out. Yeah. And then she's pulled back into it. And I believe, because I started thinking about it a couple of times, like, well, why didn't, was that ever really there in the other movies when she was in in, uh, in Ant-Man and the Wasp? Did you see any of that kind of stuff that even hinted at it? I'm like, no, because she buried it. She buried it and she didn't want it. And I, and I believed it. Well, so, so you are bringing me directly to my actual problem with the movie. And I spoke about it a little bit on Friday. Um, it's that how is the movie called Ant-Man and the Wasp and the Wasp, or at least the one that's currently carrying the mantle, right. not really a part of this movie. She, she does the end. She comes in at the end and saves him out of nowhere. Which to me wasn't earned. Right. It would have made sense if Janet came back and made some big sacrifice. Well, you again. know what that was? That was them in the room basically going... All right, we so didn't we do we, shit with her. We, we don't. Yeah. Like, what if she has the big moment? So what are we gonna do with, with her? Well, we don't know what to do with her right now, and, and we, she really hasn't. She had a couple of things here and there. She scooped she him a couple up in, moments. The, in the probability. Yeah, field. she came back and helped him out in the field. She made. She had a couple moments with her parents, you know, in that thing. But like, we need to have a big moment. What if she's the one who saves Scott? Okay, it's cool because because you thought it was gonna be his daughter, right? Like, no, no, it can't be. It can't be Cassie because she's done too much. Cassie has way more to do. Yeah, than, but than she does. It's not right. Why call it Ant Man and the Wasp? I, and right. so this was my this. It, 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 I know it feels weird to take a step backwards, but you just call it Ant Man Quantumania. I agree. And, and but but the other way that you could have dealt with this, honestly, I love Michael Douglas. He does do an incredible job with this. Have Michael Douglas almost. I know you don't like Less Jedi, but you know how Chewie's kind of on his own and has yeah. his own little. Let Michael Douglas get lost in the quantum realm. They're freaking out about sure. it, but Janet's like, we got other stuff to worry about. Yeah. We will find your dad. And he's out here chilling with the ants. Right, they did that, and but they just did it late. 
Yeah, but they could have done that the whole walk. But yeah. leave him alone with Janet and Hope. Let them have a mother-daughter thing because she has her beef with her mom about what are you not telling me? Yeah. I've been trying to get... Right, let, it, well, because they would have more time together if they did that, for sure, because I think... Add a C-plot with Douglas. Yeah, like, because you put him there because, like, instead they did this thing a couple times. Huh? Yeah, and then they shoot, what? and then they right. had that forced yeah. flashback where we were like, right. we were there. Yeah. It was 10 minutes ago. Right. right. Thanks. <laughs> you have, you have right. that. You have the fact with him with the ship, which is still kind of, like, funny or whatever, but, like... When he puts his arms in the ship thing. It, yeah. Right. You... you let Janet and be with her. Like, there's there's all these talks, and you see in a lot of movies now and TV shows where, like, moms and daughters are being more honest with themselves, and daughters learn that the mom, you know, back in college, she used to get... Let Janet be there with yeah. her mom. Had that weird or, 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 moment with her. Right, or yeah. hope be with her mom and be like, that guy? Yeah. Like, mom, are you kidding? And let right. that be between them. Leave Hank out of it. and, and become, Hank doesn't need to know about it. And because yeah. of that, although it's great to see Michael Douglas and oh, Bill Murray together, that was a Abs moment. Yeah. Absolutely, you can get lost yeah. after that. Yeah, right. And, and <laughs> find another way that maybe he shows up later, and he's like, then he could have that moment. But I think the problem is, is that for her to be second build, for her to have such a major element of the first two films, and to then be non-existent. Oh, I, I, I don't think anybody disagrees with you. I think that was one of my biggest things, even in the non-spoilers. It just it's called a man the wasp. You don't really see much. They could have had it her do more for sure but I will also say that I think one of the things on the positive side that what I really liked inside of the science fiction element they did it twice was um when everybody's talking like the the quantum alien language and they're like I don't understand anything you're saying they're like oh, drink, drink the ooze so good yeah and when they and then you start it was like it was reminding me of like the the a different device but in like avatar yeah, yeah, yeah. in avatar one of the things I loved was when, when Jake tells us yeah, after a while, you just start hearing Navi just sounds like English. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. Then that's similar to what you were just saying before. Just explain it. Like, how how is everyone talking? Because if if you get down there and everybody's just talking English, like, oh, everyone just talks English yeah, yeah, down yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, no, it's 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 gibberish. Quantum my, talking. Just my just God, it, yeah. if you had even said with Kang shooting those blasts, man, the constant exposure to pin particles must have been preventing me from disintegrating. Just like I said, there's but single that, lines but I, fix this film. But I bet you if I keep shooting your ass, I can get around that. Yeah. Like anything. Now you think because this movie was a little over two hours, right? Like just two shot. ten. Two ten. I thought it was just under two. Well, I think by what, the time it any, doesn't but matter. It it play, but it plays two. in that realm. Yeah. So do you think because Black Panther Two was like seven hours long, um, and Eternals was like ten hours long, yeah. and like all these movies. I mean, I think Doctor Strange was like two twenty or something. Two maybe it's a little. That one I think was a little shorter. I don't know how long Thor was, but do you think because the run times have been a little too long lately, and because those movies haven't been? I mean, Black Panther out of all those was received probably the best out of all of them. But do you think they were like okay, let's let's trim it down. Sure, and that, but in doing that, you, cost lose, us, you lose stuff. But I don't know if they ever thought about these like problems. It doesn't feel like the third act was very well rewritten. Like no. to me, the first two acts are all about creativity. They're yeah. all about introducing cool characters. They're getting characters. a lot of sci-fi. Yeah. The entire first two acts is ripe with creativity. So the reason I, the reason I was more positive in my non-spoiler and more negative in my spoiler is I do think it's worth people to go experience the first two acts. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to not see this film because those first two acts. When I rewatched it a second time, I was like, was I too hard on this? Because I was so happy the first. And I two love acts. the way the world is set up. But then the third act literally becomes the every single action movie trope where you've got freedom fighters storming a city yeah. that is overrun by men. And I don't think that was earned. And that's also not Kang. Yeah. Like I don't feel like. Kang conquering is him like having lackeys that go out, and he, it also isn't the creativity anymore. What, what 
what what the problem is is they took too long for him to get in the mix because he does. But the thing is, is the minute it starts to look like something, he's like, no, no, no. I have a lot of fun killing people. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. He doesn't wait until the entire army is practically dead. He's right. like, fine, I'll do it now. He goes, oh, we lost one tower? I'm yeah, going out there. And he'll just... Kang. Like Kang. And the moment he said Kang, like the moment Jonathan Majors finally said his name, I was like, that's the guy I've been waiting for. Cause, and I liked that. It was a slow build. You earned it. But by that point, I was like... Yeah, but bro, you've been talking to these Power Ranger minions. Like, I don't really, I'm not right. invested in the choices you've yeah, made. Yeah, his, his soldiers aren't, didn't really do it for me. I'll tell you what, though, what did was that, as you guys mentioned, I loved that scene, the understanding of the relationship between Kang and Janet. Mm -hmm. And mm. when she realizes right as she helps him get that ship working again and she sees everything that he did and that whole thing, because he's still like, yeah, I'm going to keep my promise to you. You're going to go back and see your daughter and everything's going to be cool. Come on. Yeah, and and she's like, no, I see what you did. He's like, yeah, but I, but your world's gonna be fine. Yeah, Just come on, let's go. And that's and how she, we'd see it. I love that. And she's like, no, I wanted more of that. Yeah, and same. like that's why I I saw this movie and I saw it, and then I was sitting next to Ellis, and I said to Ellis at the end of it, I was like, man, that was pretty chaotic at the end. He's like, and Ellis loved it. I was like, no, I dug it. I was, like, and I was like, I had they just ended the movie like that though, in as chaotic as it was, he leaves and then it's over. And not wrapped it up yeah. the way that they did. I think I would have had way more of an issue with it. But I like the way it wrapped. And I like the idea of him going, yeah, I think we took that guy out, right? See, I love right? the dread. Yeah. But I, I wish we had more of that in the film. It felt like yeah. it felt like Scott Lang was like consequence. Free. And the movie feels consequence free. Yeah. The movie itself, it other than that moment Nobody, of dread, There's no big pain. No, there's nothing no big, happened there's that's going to affect anyone else. There's no big pain moment. Like we thought We thought Hank would go. We thought right. Janet we would thought go. We thought Scott might go. We thought Scott might go. We thought something. There's no big, no, there's no major thing of loss to where Kang comes out going, well, that guy caused havoc. He didn't. He just was a prison guy that couldn't get out and tried to fight our, our, our heroes and it didn't work out for him. I got a question too, because this was confusing me with the probability thing. Like I thought it was like, oh, this is kind of funny at first. And then I was like, this is also very chaotic. How is it that Hope's ass was just able to, like, even though all these things are spawning off yeah. of her, she doesn't think about it, she doesn't get phased by it, she's just, like, straight up going straight to Scott. That's it. That's the only thing that matters. Like, And it's not even like a like a Matthew McConaughey, like, what's the fourth dimension? It's love, mom. Right, right. They could it have just, said, like, you know, my focus, like, but that would have taken his focus line away. So but, it's but like, again. Well, that was the whole point of him. Like, they say, they say because Modoc says to him, you're going to lose your mind in that yeah, spot. Yeah. And she just comes in and goes, no, nah, that's cool. No, no, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm right. totally fine. That's a good I, point. I, oh, what? There's, like, 50 of me? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. yeah, she wouldn't yeah, have any knowledge of why that was happening. Well, so look, so this is another reason why I always talk about TV, right? And I've talked about it so many times over, and I use whether it's Last of Us or Mandalorian or any of these shows as an example of why I think TV is so much more relevant of storytelling than movies. And I, I know people go and they go to movies, and they and, they and not all movies, a lot of movies, especially movies like this, because the problem is this is what you run into when it comes to big blockbuster movies. Mm. What you have to do and what Ant-Man needs to do in order to be successful is what? Make money. And it's got to make money in that first weekend to really become a hit. So in order to do that and you want people to go see a movie, you got to, well, what's our, and, and Peyton Reed's been marketing off this one. This is the big epic one. This is the mm -hmm. big one. So when you have piece, that yeah. set piece at the end, when they're all, and Scott's a million feet tall and fighting everybody and, and all these moments, and even Modoc's like, well, that's big. Like, all that stuff, like, that's a, that, that is a moment that you need for this big blockbuster. 
but it takes away from all that stuff we're talking about here that could have made the movie better with certain character developments and other things that would have added time to it that in a TV show, and I'm not telling you they should have made this a TV show. I'm just saying, though, that what you're able to, to, to do inside of a TV show is every week start to build off a character is that you have sure. so much more depth that this movie suffered from. But I feel like what Phase 1 through 3 did was they were able be to a do TV that. show. Like, Phase 1 through 3 was able to build... Like, look at Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. They're able to beautifully bow up all those arcs because it had been a TV show right, right. that led to that. No, but I, I feel like what I'm concerned about with Phase 4, and I hope I'm wrong, is that the way they grew phase out... Uh, no, no, like, look, I was about to oh, say, looking back. Phase okay. 4, yeah. I'm hoping what, like, Phase 4 is all of that intentionally going... Whoo, that way, in phase six, it comes back, and then retroactively, phase four is great. That's my dream. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if I have faith in that anymore. I've always said, like, hey, let's wait for phase five and six to see if phase four is as messy as it feels because Feige's got a plan because mm -hmm. there's something going on here. I think the reason I'm the most affected by this movie is because up until this movie, I was like, I have faith in the plan. And then I watched this movie, and I was like, this undermined the entire point of Kang. And now I'm like, is there a plan? Is it going to be okay in phase six? Because... The, like I said at the top, the only villain that would accidentally work with Ant-Man is Kang because of the time disparity, and they didn't even acknowledge it when there's a hundred lines of dialogue yeah. of, I've lost time, this is time. You make a good point, and though. Like I was, I was, I was being big is still tiny. I wanted he's to like the size of a quark. He wouldn't need the lime wedges. He's still infinitely small. Right. Their own rules are broken. I would want to see. Thanks. I, I kind of wanted to him to show Scott uh, like what he could have gotten back. Yeah. Right. Like I wanted to see him show like you know, like show Scott and somewhere like, hey, this is what you could have. And then he's, it's before it's before the jail time. He's the right? only one with a child in the snap. Yeah. And he's and he and he gets to spend all. I lost his kids. He lost his time. Like it was it's beautifully I'm, unique. Right. They didn't spend enough time in there because I, when we all discussed this, it was like, well, Scott's got something to gain back because he he's had no time with his daughter. He lost. The time in jail from the first one, he lost time when from in-house arrest. He lost time when he was in the quantum realm the first time. He's lost all this time, and they kind of mentioned it a little. But I thought that was going to be the driving force of the story. And it opens with her doing time. There's a right. joke you could make there, right. and they like the jokes. She did time. That's yeah, time no, lost. There's point. so yeah. much there. I I think that that was. There's a part of me that I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I think it would have been kind of messy to try and go back and rewrite some of that. Not rewrite it. I'm just saying. No, no, no. But, but 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 like letting Kang use that as the as the dangling carrot of like yeah. I can give you all those years you lost. I can yeah. walk you right backwards. Because the truth is, even though they've kind of moved on with life, they technically could have done that anyway. They had already figured out how to use the quantum realm to time travel. So if that was something that you wanted to do, he could have done that. So but that's I did the butterfly effect that. that that does cause no, no, no. I, I, I know. So like the same thing would have applied if Kang had been like, I'll walk you back there myself. So that to me was never a good reason to get him to go forward. I like that they decided to use, this is a moment for him and Cassie to truly start to bond that, that yeah. she was kind of keeping from him that I'm trying to be more like you than you are. And even checking him and being like, you became a pseudo celebrity. Now you don't give a damn about right. the little guy. Like you always talk about. So that didn't bother me personally. Um, it is just genuinely from the, they, they found a way to both build up and nerf Kang at the same time, yeah. which is so I think that's, I think that's what Koi said, though, too. I think that's because of the brilliance of the acting ability. Yeah, I think it was Jonathan Majors, Majors yeah. made him, because the first two acts are Kang and it's building, but by the time he actually says Kang, which is the moment I was waiting for, 
he'd already given me emotionally that, but the story hadn't. If well, you actually look at Kang's story, the first two acts, it's all like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? By the time he starts doing it, you're like, this isn't what he's going to do. So like, it's it's two acts of like, the the it's the Jaws thing. They did such a good Jaws thing, even while showing Jonathan Majors. <laughs> and then once they have the shark, you, you're talking about that that new Geico commercial where it's like to have an epic sci-fi horror, you need a really good monster. And then they cut the camera. They're like, "Oh my god, Atidius!" And it's just this nerdy ass dude, the green screen. Rawr. Right, right, right. right. So by scary? the time we got to Jonathan Rawr. Majors, he's kind of that. Like, and so he does a good job being the shark, and he does a good job delaying. Like one of my favorite things Jonathan Majors said in all the press was, uh, "I chose to have him speak like a man that could speak every language." And I was like, "That's." Kang. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we got to the point where he was revealing more than that, like interesting allusion to power, the power itself was like, oh, he's got a well, pew, 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 pew. So, all right, before we get into, we'll get into a lot more of this. I want to get into MODOK. I want to get into a little bit more. And even I think transitioning also to what you guys said about how they set up Kang so well. And then MODOK kind of takes over in the third act. And it was more about him. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But I also want to let you guys know about Athletic Greens, baby. AG1 by Athletic Greens. They are our next partner, and, man, they are so good. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens every day, and if you watch my show, you've been watching these shows, you know it. I talk about them all the time, and I love them. They're so good. It tastes so good, too, which is the thing that I was – I'm not going to lie. When I first saw it, I was like, how is this going to taste? I've told you that. It's green. It's fruity. It tastes good, man. It really makes me feel – I just it gives me such a boost of energy. And such a good boost of energy, like a natural boost of energy. Because I'm not a vitamins person. Like a full, like, you know, taking like 87 vitamins. I like to take it in one shot. And that's what Athletic Greens does. AG1 is amazing. And it's helped me with so, so not only with energy, but like with sleep quality. Sleep quality is, is the best after having some AG1. And it was designed with ease in mind so you can live a healthier and better life. It's so good. It's got the all-in-one formula, and it makes it easy for me to cover my nutritional bases every day. The good thing is that AG1 is delivered to me every month. It's been very easy to make it a daily habit. I also I get the single-serving travel packs, so I never miss a day. So I'm going when I do these uh, live tours, I'm going to have them with me. I used to do that with the Schmodown all the time. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Check it out. All right, so once again, thank you to our friends over at Athletic Greens. AG1, man, I'm telling you, head on over there, athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Get your life right with that stuff, man. It's amazing. All right, as I mentioned, MODOK, right? And we had talked about... Um, Modoc in general, yeah. Can I just say one yeah, last sure, thing about sure. Kang that sure. that also befuddled me? So yeah. you have them in the prison cells. Yeah. You're using the telekinesis to literally shrink their outfits around them and like crush them, right? How is it then when it's time to actually fight, you can't just instantly go, "Bitch, we did this before." That Where did the powers go? It. Where did it go? I'm very confused. Was it because they were inside of a jail cell? Fine. In this jail cell, I control everything inside this jail cell. Well, and yeah, and I didn't understand. about his arm that looked like when the suit broke, he had less power, but right. it didn't really like. That was but that was post. Wasn't that was post ants. Well, but, also right. the other, but that was the other right. thing. Is, uh, yeah, stuff like that. I wanted to see, like you said, I wanted to see him use time more and just be more of that. Uh, you, you just, just aging up Cassie, yeah. just yeah. making it so like you've already lost time with your daughter. How about more? That's way more threatening right. than like, what if I uh, Jean Grey you a little bit? And and it's like, if you're the time conqueror, Bro. I get that you can do your little portal thing, but also let me play with time. <laughs> like it's literally a time. I'll, 
You know, you know, the deadliest Kang felt outside of when he was using telekinesis on them was once he didn't have his powers. I was like, bro, this dude clearly beat the brakes off of Creed. You're dude. about to get. You think Scott Lang yeah. is about to go hands with Kang? And his, like, his come his on, kicking, bro. I love that. Like they even tied in. I love that Jonathan Majors himself. I think tied in. Okay, the suit is top heavy. This is right here. How would he fight? And it's all legs because he's got his little flappy dressy yeah. thing on. Yeah, yeah. So he's like leaning into the kicks. And then once his sleeves off, he literally fought like a man that's fought in a hundred styles. Yeah, like, oh, that was, it was and genius. That, and that's what I wanted to say. So like when he says in, in the thing that they showed at like D23, and I guess you guys saw it at Comic-Con where he goes, oh, you're an Avenger. I've, I killed you before. Like that's kind of like mentioned, but like they didn't really show that kind of stuff. You know, it would have been great if they like showed a moment like, one of the things I did like about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was that opening scene when he's, you know, it looked really Sam Raimi-ish, but like the idea of the, here's another, here's another version of him running around and this is what happens and he dies. And maybe because they did that, they didn't want to do it, but what a, a version of where, um, you know, you see one of the Avengers fighting yeah. Kang and you've seen this, like this is, he was scary because of the performance and I love that they didn't make him jokey. He wasn't jokey, he didn't need to be. But I would have liked to see a little bit more to make him so terrifying to understand what he's able to do with those powers. Did he? Didn't he say at one point that he had killed Thor? And yeah. Yes. So so, how is it that you're out here being like I murdered Thor? Right. So Ant Man's punching me is going right. to be enough to stop. Like you again, you have built him up to this level of just like malicious man malevolence that now is he less powerful in the quantum realm because if it was i don't know if it was that, explaining it more if they if they said he's the weakest kang like i said at the very top if you if you give one line of dialogue that he's the weakest kang you could even play with the idea that he's taking other kang credit you could even be like play with the idea of like he's a jealous kang that just wanted to be like the other like uh, variants like you can make it so he's trying to be the guy and he's right. not the guy that's more interesting it also makes phase five bigger it also makes the next kang you meet scarier it also makes the post-credit scene work more but instead they made it like we had to exile the crazy one and the crazy one's like i did some stuff but i can't fight ant-man and then they didn't even make the time element of ant-man against him they just made it so like he's got overwhelmed by ants and then he fights while hurt which is way more stereotypical and well, boring but even the the end of it and like you said like it was it was as he's fighting them and they're getting this fight and by the way totally ruined totally ruined in that stupid trailer when they show i don't have to win yeah uh, to, uh, we just both have to lose i was like okay so that's coming up so we know that's gonna happen that was Ugh. a terrible choice to put like w the worst choice of a trailer moment since the first avengers when they showed the hulk rescue iron man yeah that, that is they that, showed that in the trailer yeah i don't remember yeah that. yeah that was that was that was the absolute the, those are the two worst reveals in marvel trailers ever and this was this was the second one ever it was such a bad reveal because i was waiting for it yeah i was waiting for that to come yeah. and i was hoping it was a cutout scene like right. that yeah. didn't even happen but so the one thing though even though i didn't want it to happen they're fighting and i go okay well the big lost moment here is going to be scott scott's going to die right it's what i didn't want to happen but it looks like it's going to happen because the the thing gets shut out and he's like he's either going to be caught in the quantum realm again for like forever or going to be running the thing and then when they when they show her like you, like we said they give the wasp something to do and she comes in, but it's just not as impactful Bro, because you're like you're like oh put okay. said Janet and Hank make the original Ant Man and Wasp but even if, but even even if they save him the point of that is that 
Well, he saved and he made he made it there's out. No anyway. There's no consequence to consequence. Kang's introduction. Right. We literally right. met Kang in this movie. Kang right. didn't do anything. The big bad of Phase Five. Kill a bunch of extras. And yeah, he killed a bunch of extras, yeah. and then he got he got trapped against a machine and blipped into it, which is also like every '80s and '90s action right. movie. And they didn't even make it so like Modok turns, and you have Scott realize he can't like let him get out. Why don't you let Modok's tech, which was clearly made by Kang, he has Kang's hand, like the colors and everything else. Why not have the turn be with Modok's technology, a machine designed only for killing, plus Pym particles, shrink Kang down so he's trapped in an infinite loop of time where he is already in, in the quantum realm. He has no power because he's stuck in time. They say out of time and place. Use Modok's powers plus Pym particles. Have that be the team up. Actually have Kang have a consequence. Yeah, well, it's right you, there. Yeah, it's true. You mentioned Modok, though. We're talking about him. Corey, Corey stole, Corey, Corey stole coming back because a lot of people, I didn't mind Corey stole as, as yellow jacket. I, I, I liked the character, but a lot of people feel he's one of the weakest villains. I think he's one of the weakest. Yeah, a lot of people do. This redeemed him. And that's, that was the point. The point was that it seemed like this kind of redeemed what he was doing and when he was down there, because I didn't know all I knew from Modoc was from what I heard. I knew nothing about him, uh, the character at all. And then I just remember being a big goofy head or something like that and and the personality and they played into that but they changed the mythology and the mythology was that in the comic books he was like this assassin that the same type of thing happened to him but you know he became this weapon and it was it was aim so they've already they already covered aim with iron or with iron man 3 and yeah. so what it was is an aim scientist signed up to be an experiment and they were going to make him this ultimate killing machine but originally he was supposed to be for computing yeah um but then once he gets that power especially because he tried to back out of it they're like screw you dude you're gonna do it he kind of snapped and he's like uh machine only designed for computing i'm about to kill and he just starts murking people well and so you're right and so did and he and he says ridiculous things and stuff like that too inside the comics and all that right so i didn't have an issue that to change your origin i was but i was watching it i'm going i wonder if people who are expecting that modok are going to be upset with it but the way that they played it and the idea that he's just and it was another way to to kind of show you Kang's power was he could just throw Modok who was mowing people down yep. and just toss them like a little garbage can. And I was like, okay, that's th that moment works. Yep. And then the turn as this is what I mentioned on the non-spoiler, the turn I thought was abrupt. thought it, I just, I thought it, I liked it, but I thought it came out of nowhere. I thought of just the idea of Cassie going, don't be a dick. And he's like, Oh, you're right. You know what? I don't want to be a dick anymore. This is a guy that like, you look at what he did in that first movie and he's and he, he there was no change and if you would have said to Darren Cross in the first movie don't be a dick don't be a dick he would have said he would have turned you into goop right and now he's even more angry cuz he's a he's a garbage can with little arms <laughs> yeah, he's and literally with his little ass hanging out i right. i, I cuz the other thing about it that's interesting if you remember in the first one when we were doing the rewatch Hank warns him, you have to be careful if you're not if you don't have the controlled pin particles it drives you insane right so if so now he's not insane he's just a dick well, no, because I mean, I mean, he's just—he's a complete mess, right? Yeah, so, the whole which, time is and, emotional, and, and, and right, and he's—and so when it's just this one turn, that's what—that's what I'm saying. Like there, where sometimes Guardians, Ant Man are the two movies that are the, are the most or were the most guilty of it, sacrificing the actual moment for a joke to work, even if it's a very funny joke. Mm -hmm. And I thought that the joke of "Don't be a dick" was hilarious, and it got the biggest laugh in the oh, theater that's the one you're talking about oh, yeah. the avenger line which the avenger line was the avenger line was the best i think the avenger line is the best because line the, the movie. because the avenger line worked well because <laughs> because it because it because the, here's the difference between the two the two the two of those lines as much as i think again the the don't be a dick line got a big laugh in the theater and and him going oh, i don't want to be a dick anymore and that's why he turned 
it was funny. But when you look at the overall, that's how they turned him just because of that. Like you can really dive deep and go, that doesn't really make a lot of sense why he did it, but fine. That's why that's the that's why he turned the heel turn from babyface turn. The Avengers line is him dying and it doesn't change his personality. Right. It's his personality is the same. Yeah. It's the same way he's like, oh now I'm an Avenger and like, well, and he's spitting <laughs> up blood or whatever he's doing. And just like that to me, that that worked better than the dick line because it was the dick line was like, oh, what if he says there's you can see him in the writer's room and like, oh, that'd be hilarious if he said that. And that's how he turns. I don't want to like, be a dick anymore. Right, right. And it's just like that's I mean, this the- I did like the one extra beat that allowed for a moment of of self-introspection of like what else am I? Who am I? I, I kind of like the idea that He's been pushed around by Kang, and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be a guy that's just a lackey, but I would have loved at least a scene of that. That's what that I would mean. rationalize. Yeah, right. Like, what else do I have down here? Oh, I'll be the good guy. But we needed a moment of, like, him even, like, maybe not working for Kang anymore. Like, right. I don't like, like they, how he's treating me yeah, beyond they, the flick. Right, and they just showed him, like, he just kind of treats him like a garbage can the whole time, and you're just like... Yeah, but the comedy of him outweighed that for me. Like I know there's yeah, issues with, but like the I don't. I was the only one that laughed both showings. But for some reason, I don't know why. When he comes up and he like, and there's like a really dramatic Michael Douglas shot, and he goes, "Hey Hank," it's so funny to me. Like yeah. I, I just it was yeah. like peak humor. And yeah. so Modoc to me worked with the new invented <laughs> backstory. Do you know what I loved? What it was a good bit that worked relevant because every single person who saw him after he'd been introduced. <laughs> the same reaction. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, to the very end. that was brilliant. Yeah. That, that works because a lot of times you you wouldn't do that again. Be like, oh, we did that already. And like, but you see that's that. What you do. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. And it's like even like and they done it with and 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 um hope had already. And we all got him. new ones. I love it. Everyone. And then when when Hank sees me, he's like, <laughs> Darren, Darren, it's hilarious, bro. Yeah. I also I, costume design wise, I love that they kept the original Modoc grimace as being the front of his helmet, yeah. and then pulling it up to see his yeah. goofy ass face, like so you can actually emote and whatnot. I thought that was a really nice touch. Also, well, like, what else does he get? People are saying it's like the worst CGI they've seen. Like, what else does a giant spread out face close up yeah. look like? I thought it was incredible. Yeah, Modoc was uh, a highlight. Well, I'll tell you why. I, one of the one of the main things also is he was. I I think that Modoc could have been. He was a little f- f- big in the ass. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's because he hasn't been eating well, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Got to tell you about Green Chef. Love Green Chef. People have asked me, they said, hey, man, you look like you lost weight, did you? I did. Why? Because I've been eating better. And Green Chef came on board, and I started trying out their food and trying to use their plans. And not only can you use the plans that they send you, but you can kind of go off book a little bit. And I've been making these stir fries, and they're delicious. But if you don't know what they are, they're CCOF, Certified Meal Kit Company. They make eating well, easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. It doesn't matter what your lifestyle is. They fit it. It's great. It's the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you. It's not the other way around. It's so good. Their recipes, they feature premium protein, seasonal organic produce, source uh, seafood. I love seafood, by the way, and their seafood is fantastic. Green Chef is the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset. They offset 100% of their carbon footprint as well as 100% of plastic in every box. With Green Chef, you're reducing your food waste up to 38% versus grocery shopping. It's awesome. It's really, really yummy food. Really good. You have to go to greenchef.com slash thing60 and use that code 60. And why? Because you get 60% off plus free shipping. 60% off. Did you hear that? Go to greenchef.com slash thing60 and use code 60. Get 60% off plus free shipping. And tell me, when you get it, tell me how right I was the best all right once again thank you to green chef i 
Love Green Chef. I've been making these um, these rice bowls with them, too. The peppers that they send, put a little hot sauce in it, too. Oh, man, I've been making some really great stuff with Green Chef. So you guys go ahead and try it. Again, use that code and help yourself out. And let me know once you do. Tell me what you think about Green Chef. Um. Okay, jumping back into it now. I think that for the for a third movie, do we think we're going to see a fourth Ant Man film? I don't think so. I don't think so either. That's why I, I, think I think we see Ant Man again. Yeah, he's around. You have and, to. And, yeah, and, and Cassie too, because again, I, I have never been more sure that a Young Avengers. Maybe that's the one reveal that isn't much of a secret because you put out too many of these young. It was kids. a weird quote by a producer recently that was saying like, "We have no plans for a Young Avengers film," and I was like, "Is this a a mislead because they mm -hmm. can obviously lie like everyone always has, or b them looking at Phase Four and being like, we're not going with the plan we originally had, or c is it we're not going to do it because we don't have time before these kids get too old because we have to change our plan for Phase right. Five? That's, but it was an interesting moment where I was like, I thought so as well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the way they said that because we do we have details on the Thunderbolts yet. In what they, way? They changed some stuff up about it. I know. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if, is, since uh, the Thunderbolts are kind of anti-hero slash villains. If maybe the people they end up like kind of fighting. At that's the what end I always thought would be young. Might Avengers. be the young Avengers. I don't know though, because I'll tell you why. I think that one of the things though too is punching kids. To me, Ms. Marvel. I mean, who? Wait, we got Ms. Marvel. Right is is would who who would who would be the young Avengers? Be Miss Marvel, the two uh, the two boys, so Speed and Wiccan. From, um, from from Wanda's, Wanda's kids. Oh, okay. Um, you would have uh, Kate Bishop, Cassie Lang, Elijah Bradley's uh, kid, Elijah Bradley. Asaya. So, uh, the, so no, 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 no. His name's Patriot. Elijah. Yeah, Patriot. yeah, 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 yeah. I think all those, all those kids, are really good in what they do. And you know, I mean, Haley Steinfeld is, is not really a kid anymore. She's, she's a young woman. But like, yeah, she probably lead. But but e either 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 way though. I just think Iron that's Heart. one of the things that's that's happening. Yeah, and Ironheart. I think that's one of the things that. I think that the problem is sometimes that they try to push you into this thing where they're like, okay, here are all the new stars coming at you. This the problem I always had with like Joel, um, not Joel, not Joel Edgerton, um, Sam Worthington when he first came out. I like Sam Worthington now uh, even more so. I had that with Joel Kinnaman and uh, Joel Jai Kinnaman Courtney and well. Jai Courtney. Absolutely, those are the three that I was going to use. Those, <laughs> I was literally those three because because it's and it, and it takes nothing away from all three of them as actors. Sure, they're all good actors, but when you look at roles that they have, they shine in the supporting roles. Right, these roles that we're talking about for Young Avengers, like, well, we want to do it, and these are going to be your new stars. I don't think any of them are superstars yet, and I don't think any of them should be leading in a movie yet. I think the only one that I will tell you right now... Iman. Yes, from, from Ms. Marvel, because she's going to be the standout of the, of the Marvel. So here's, yeah. how th here's how I think this I'd plays out. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, too. Haley Steinfeld is a star in her own right. There's no doubt about it. But, but Kate Bishop, to me right now, is not... Uh, Haley Steinfeld, I love. I liked, sure. her, I liked her better in Bumblebee than I did in Hawkeye. No, and I love I loved yeah. Bumblebee. I liked her way better. In like, uh, Hawkeye was like... I had a lot of problems with the, how, how Kate Bishop was just, you know, kind of like... You know, people argue with me all the time, but she's just... It's not that she does. Well, she. I know she trained. I understand that she was been doing um, mixed martial arts for since she was younger. I get all that too. Doesn't mean she was a normal kid like, just going to school, and then she's flipping off the cars, fighting assassins. Like I know people who are very funny that don't just jump up and start becoming stand-up comedians. They're like they they have anxiety going into her right now. She just right away. I I know how to fight, so I can fight people on on cars and and fight the same way that I would if I had all this training in in you know ops and all this. It's like no, it's like that type of stuff wasn't earned for me and all that. But I think she's great, mm. you know. And I thought I thought Florence Pugh 
She's going to be in. I think Thunderbolts. So this is, yeah. That's, so this is why I think it's Thunderbolts because you have a one. Most of these villains have a direct tie to the adult counterparts to this, and the main connection you already have with Yelena being, I guess, the leader of it based off of where they positioned her in the photo. Mm. Kate One of the things Sebastian Stan is apparently leading, uh, according to Feige's most oh, recent thing, just okay. so you have that awareness. Okay, so that just doing what? He's, he's, leading. he's the one leading. Thunderbolt? So, yeah. yeah so, so that being said, think about all the connections. So you have both U.S. Agent and Sebastian Stan directly for Eli. You have the fact that Kate and Yelena have their relationship and how that's already going in that regard. Mm -hmm. You already have those kind of elements laced in for them to kind of be those opposites to each other. And whether it's the Young Avengers, Young Avengers, Young Avengers trying to stop the Thunderbolts because they're like, you guys are all kind of evil. Yeah. And then the Thunderbolts go the Suicide Squad route where they're the unlikely heroes and things kind of change on it. That seems to be a way that you could kind of bring that in and then those kids maybe get re-looked at again during yeah. Secret I don't Wars. think, if the I, Young Avengers happens, I don't think it happens until um, I don't way, think they get way their after movie. Phase 6. I, I don't think they get their own movie. Uh, I think that team comes... First. I, yeah. I, th <laughs> I think the team comes together, but I don't think they get their own movie like that. See, I think Thunderbolts is going to be uh, the government using what we already got started in Miss Marvel as a way to, hey, we have to have regulated heroes as like a soft yeah. civil war kind of regulation issue. And then the Young Avengers are unregulated. So maybe there's someone the Thunderbolts shut down in the first act as a way to be like, hey, look at how powerful they are. It's kind of like a, a warm up villain. And the warm up villain happens to be the Young Avengers. And then you have a big bad for the Thunderbolts. That could work great. Look, there's a lot that kind of, there's so much of that's happening in the MCU that leads into that. It's a lot to work with in your mind. It can be overwhelming. Yeah. So if you need overwhelming with your mind, how about magic mind? I have always been someone who's, it's been hard for me to focus sometimes. And it's been, I, my, my mind goes all over the place and I'm always like, well, what, what can I do in order to really focus myself? And I got reached out to by magic mind. And you guys know I had magic mind back on the SEN days and they reached out again because they heard me talking about how it's kind of scatterbrained. And they're like, try us. See what you think. And if you if you dig us, and, and we can do something together. And that's exactly what I did. I started taking them, and I love them. So if you suffer from procrastination, focus, anxiety, any of that stuff, Magic Mind, I think, at least for me and Brett, has been the trick. I recommend it because it's easy. You just take it one shot, and then boom. I started feeling the effects immediately. I was focusing a little bit more. I felt better. I, I was, it just, it, it worked magic my biggest problem is that i try to do a thousand things at once and i realized after a couple of days that i started focusing in on one thing getting it done completing it and then moving to the next so here's how caffeine works caffeine it as much as i love coffee man it doesn't actually give you energy what it does is that it blocks the the adenosine receptors in your brain it's the neuroreceptors that basically tell you that you're tired and when they unblock about you know an hour to three hours later you get that Caffeine crash happens to all of us, right? You feel sluggish. The alphanine binds with the caffeine molecules in matcha and it prevents the full blocking of reception, reducing or dissolving the caffeine crash and the jitters you feel. It's nature's time release caffeine. So it just has like this special formula. You can boost your clarity and your focus and you can finish your to-do list by noon and then you have the rest of the day off. So if you go to magicmind.co, slash Christian and use my code Christian 20 to get up to 43%. Did you hear that? 43% off your first subscription for the next 10 days. It is amazing. Magic Mind, very excited to be working with them again. All right, thank you to our friends over at Magic Mind. Um, man, you talk about 
it's great for the people with ADD. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> so check it out. The link's in the description. All right, let's, before we get out of here, let's dive into these post-credit scenes because there's two of them, right? And, and you mentioned it briefly with the Council of, Council Kangs. of, Council Kangs. of Kangs, right? So the only thing, I, I thought it was a terrifying scene and I thought it really worked well, but if you're going to make any comment about the CGI being lackluster, it was in that scene. Which is really difficult already yeah, because he seemed like he was wearing a lot of Halloween costumes. If you yeah, if you take that scene out of context, it looks yeah. like an SNL skit. It does, and that's not. <laughs> it's like it, Jonathan Majors is uh, is hosting this movie. Like it's just it's dangerous. Yeah, it's true. And like it's feeding a lot of the naysayers like fire. Yeah, like right, it, and right. so I was really like I love the concept, but the execution's like okay. Was this directed by the digital shorts guy? Good Mike Diva, much love. But uh, my concern is if that is how they're going to set up the Kang Dynasty. It can't feel trivialized. That should have been a little more serious. Yeah. Like I also didn't love that the three of them were like very invested, and then they cut to the the room and they were ah, like, ah, and they were ah, like, ah, why ah, were they yeah. bros? Why were they frat bros? Like right. why were they like cheering in a coliseum? And I and I love that Majors. What I think Jonathan Majors does better than anyone is he takes the acting um, uh, warm-up style of, like, do it in a different voice. Yeah. And he is sincere in every one of them. So to see him do three different ridiculous voices and land it with such pathos, and then the final post credit scene be a dramatically paused choice and still buy it. I will buy all of his kanks. But they took that strength away from him by having it be three caricatures that yeah. then or a bunch of people yelling so then like you don't get the majors thing like you you took away his major asset which is gravitas scene, yeah i mean i mean it's also i think it was more so to show you how rushed maybe rushed but also i think that the impact of that scene was more so to show you how many that there are but that's what i mean and that's it, the snl skit that's, I know, that's not i know i get it but i think it's for the you gotta also remember on the casual viewer side of it too it's also to, you're talking to the audience that says you know, the guy who walks in who's never seen a lot of this stuff going, oh, so there's like a ton of them. With that visual alone, you get sure. it. And then the scene with Loki, that that's clearly a scene to the same way that I gave the criticism to like Ironheart. That is clearly just a scene to set up season two of Loki, which I am a big fan of, of mm. that show. So that I was like, okay, that's what they're really going to be doing here. Because remember when we left Loki um, and... Um, is it Mor not Morbius, but what's it? Mobius. 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 When they left Mobius, and Mobius didn't know who Loki was. Right. So clearly, they get back on the same page, whether or not his memories, or they have to just work into together again and have to do the whole thing over again. Um, they're investigating Kang now, and they're doing it. And now, does that mean, did we get a confirmation that Jonathan Majors has a big role in Loki season two? Seems like, it seems like he like does. It. Yeah. That gets me to want to tune in even more. Right. And that and I think it's smart that they're finally doing the cohesion and post credits to the shows as well as the of movies. Of course, yeah. Because they, they needed to make it as important as right. it actually is because saying that you don't have to watch the stuff is like that's not true. Well and it's also the interesting thing they did with the Council of Kings is the three that we we get the conversation with, they're like they've started to figure out time travel. They've started right. to figure it like so it it also lends, to be honest with you, that Kang all of a sudden is just going to start appearing all over yeah. the place. Well, the Which rules are going to be different yeah. in the show now because the rules were so different in Loki season one because it was the TVA holding everything together. There's no TVA anymore. They don't right. really. They're, they're there, but they don't. They don't have the same type of importance that they did beforehand because their leader is dead. I yeah, don't think yeah. we get Kang in Guardians, but I think we get Kang in the Marvels. I think we get Kang in whatever's next. I think I, Kang is. Kang every was supposed to be rumored to be in Agatha. Oh, and. If that's the case, that's interesting. 
Yeah. I think Kang's going to be in literally everything but Guardians. Like, I, I feel like that post-credit scene, either in a post-credit scene or in the movie, I think we're going to get... because I want to see him in cameos, too. Meaning meaning something along the lines. Even if it's something... You, if you watch... Um, it's one of my favorite things to do when I watch um, Far From Home. Right, It's the second one, right? Mm. If you go... And a lot of people still don't... All, all the Jakes... Which, which all the Jakes? All the, yeah, Jake's in, Jake Gyllenhaal's in a ton of scenes in Far From Home. He's in a ton of there's in one. He's in four. He's in four? Okay, yeah. well, that's my point. I only remember, <laughs> being, I only remember him being in one. Like, when he, like, so when, when they first get there in, in like, Italy and whatever, or, or Venice, wherever they're at, and he's about to meet with Zendaya, and she tells him that uh, Tom Holland, tell, she tells Tom Holland that, uh, what's that word that... Black Delilah? No, 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 no. There's a word that she learns in in Italian, oh, she, whatever, whatever it is yeah, yeah. That, that she says, like that you can say. And but in the background, Gyllenhaal's on the phone. Yeah, and I didn't know this yeah, one. and he looks and he just goes and he just kind of looks up. And I didn't realize he was in more than one. He I does always, a walk by before the fire and water, a hydroman thing. Like there's there's a scene oh, where like he's like a tourist. Awesome? Yeah. Right, well, anyway, he's that was that was, but that's the one that's the one I'm talking about. The one yeah, the, the big one. All right. Well, either, gonna, either way, he's in the background the at some stuff, point. Yeah. I want to see, even if it's not a big moment, I want to just feel like, you know, you can pick out, like, Kang wasn't in there. It's like, the hell he wasn't. Go back and look at, look at you know, that movie and that scene. He's in the back drinking a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's just in, like, a purple shirt. Yeah, just, like, something like that to show, like, how many. That's, and that's my point with that first scene is that there's just an infinite amount of them, like, everywhere. And he who shall not, uh, he who remains said, Good luck. I'll see you soon. You do it if you want, but this is this is a poor yeah. choice. And yeah. that's why the Ant Man epilogue with Scott was genius. But that was the only time I felt like Kang was as foreboding as the first act. Yes, mm. and that was not the way yeah. the movie shouldn't have no ramifications. Like the movie shouldn't end yeah, with like when we go to Guardians. I get that's removed. It was an easy. It was an easy win for our heroes. But that's right. right. But that that's why to me, especially knowing that Hank had been essentially the Obi Wan in this situation. That is where Hank and Janet should have been the ones that come back, save Scott. You need to be with your daughter. You need to be with our daughter. Janet fucked up yeah. the quantum realm. Her punishment should be, and the, but now she has her husband with her. They live in the quantum realm now, and they make sure yeah. that nothing else bad happens. And then, and then yeah. Cassie can monitor them, and you could have a really cool thing where the title is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and it's about Hank about and Janet. Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's in an, in the suit, yeah. and then the last shot Bro, of Hank, Hank walking been... out, and then the, you do the credits, and you show that Hank and Wasp were representing the original. And, and, and it would have tied in all the comic continuity. And they just have one conversation of, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp. You right. Because yeah, right. she's in the suit in the flashback with, with Kang, yeah. and he literally is wearing that badass Western outfit, walking in front of Ants, and that's the first time I've been like, oh, that's Hank Pym in a right. while. Because right. I love him as the crazy scientist mentor, but it didn't feel like the 60s Avengers Hank Pym until this movie. So you do the post-credit, and you say Ant-Man and the Wasp, and you show them two yeah. trapped. Did did we like fixed. the... So, and then... Uh, yeah, I guess we were going to talk about the, the, the Rebels. Um, that's the problem with the third act. They got less interesting. They did get less interesting because they they, the they set them up in the beginning, which yeah, and that was even for the bit, which is yeah. funny. Good but bit. Yeah, it was a good bit. The was, that, look, bit, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like that's what it, every time I've had a, a a problem with the over humor sometimes minus like Thor, but like in in Guardians two and in Ant Man two, I've never had a problem with the jokes. Like mm. a lot of the times, like both the Guardians two jokes and the Ant Man two jokes were funny. It was just a matter of. Was it the right time? Yeah, and that hit a couple of times in this movie, but not as much to make it like an overall thing that I had the biggest concern with. There was just a few times I was like, the whole thing was funny. It got a laugh, and they needed it because Ant Man is the biggest comedy out of all of 
the MCU. It is the, it is the one that you expect. That's why you cast the Paul Rudd in the right. first place. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's the the Rebels to me. I didn't necessarily. I don't know. I didn't love the the, the who was who's the woman who played the. Uh, I don't even remember. Like Katie O'Brien. She had nothing to do really except like scowl. And she, mad. She, yeah. she got mad. She was like mad. And then like, you know, for some reason, Cassie really looks up to her. Right. Like, and then like, I don't understand why. A traditional, almost Ray Winstone voice guy for the, for the beam guy. And then like, well, David, who was David he was the, he David was, was, was the holes. He, he was, Ooze, right? he was, okay. Ooze, yeah. And I, I thought Ooze worked because of yeah, the setup too. with the voice, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the use of him was funny. So yeah, I thought so too. Katie M. O'Brien. Yeah. I, I just thought that she didn't I, have enough to do. Neither did William Jackson Harper. No, you know, they, set up my homie as yeah. a telepath, and he's got a funny little setup, and it was only to pay off one more joke. I'll never tell. 1895. Damn. Yeah. Harper, and everybody was, like, thinking he was going to be Richards or something, too. Yeah. He, had, he had, he is another, they, they under, he was great. Yeah. Nothing to do. Except set up like the 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 camp the camp of of the of the rebels really they just it's, it's like you said it's the cliche thing at the very end where they go we need we need these resistance fighters to show up because here they come we need help well here's your help I don't, I don't, bro I don't even like it I don't I'm not trying to see another brother die have him be like how do we beat him yo your your pin particles tend right. to be like There's they're, a they're, line. That's it. Let let him use his power for some other. That's the drawbridge code. Right. He, he didn't do anything. Your daughter's disappointed in you. Like the jokes were funny, but also <laughs> right. like that's the what it, what the character was. Yeah. And he's he's bigger than that. Yeah. I read that this is the first movie though that Paul Rudd did not have a writing credit on. First Interesting. Oh wow. I mean, yeah. it was funny still, but it definitely was different. Yeah, but who knows if look a lot of. Funny people sometimes don't write the funny stuff. Right. A lot of times, funny people can also write the story stuff write too. The drama so stuff, yeah. I wonder, but like, like I said, I still go, I still stand by the fact that this was a movie that I enjoyed watching a lot because of the idea of the science fiction thing. Everything that was said on this panel, I agree with. I think that everything that Coy and Winston both said, I agree with tremendously. I agree with a lot of the criticisms that come with this movie, but there's just sometimes that there are movies that I have that I can go, oh yeah, there's issues there. There's there's holes in, in that story that I enjoy watching because of the genre that it was in and the genre for me that gets me is science fiction, right? And so like when the genre is like horror for some people, they're yeah. like, you know, that's it's a horror movie. So I give it a bit of a pass because even though they didn't have this, I like the horror touch on it. Like people really loved a lot of the Doctor Strange stuff because it was the one, that, like, the, the zombie stuff and everything that was very horror elementy for them. So even though they maybe didn't love the movie as much, it had that horror feel. Buddy that stuff for me. I'll watch yeah, any Buddy And that's like, so, so Hawkeye for you, oh, right? 100%. So like for me, like this was why um, I am probably a little bit more forgiving of the movie because it came from like, I just liked playing in a new science fiction realm and I thought they executed that very well. Actually, Falcon, uh, I take it back, Falcon Winter Soldier, I gave more of a pass because yeah. the buddy cop. Because yeah. the Hawkeye, I was more judgmental because I'm like, don't almost be Shane Black, be Shane Black. Yeah. All right, so that's it, everybody. That's the that's the spoiler-heavy review of Ant-Man, Quantumania, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I guess. Quantumania. <laughs> what, did, what did you guys think of the movie? Did you like it? Please have a full-on discussion here in the comments and let us know exactly what you think. But before we get going, I want Coy and Winston to tell you where you can find them. Winston, what you got? Yeah, what's up? Uh, I'm the Swaggy Blurred. You see it right below my name. Uh, come follow me over on my YouTube channel. Got some great content over there. Uh, and over on TikTok as well. Got some fun, like, sketches and just little moments and whatnot. So, yeah, that's what's up. 
You can find me on YouTube at this name and I'm going to be doing a deep dive into the things I would fix with Ant-Man. And I think that's my big problem is that if fixes are like so visibly obvious that it hurts my experience more. But I do think the first two acts are worth watching. So hopefully you see it or have because you watched this whole spoiler review and uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all this name. All right, guys. So that's it. Make sure once again, comment. If you haven't already, go ahead and show a little class. Hit that subscribe button. Help us get the 70,000. We're almost there. Show a little. Doesn't cost you shit to do. It's free. So what's your excuse? Head on over to any of our out-of-the-theater reactions, reviews, long-form podcasts that we do. Thanks for joining us here today. We appreciate you very much, and we'll see you on the flip side. Peace.